As always, I'm your host, Luke Thompson, here today with co-host, Wildcat00. Zero, how you doing? Good, I'm good. How are you? Doing well. And our guest today, very special guest, Kansas State's national high jump champion, Tejaspun Shankar. Uh, I think we'll just call him TJ. TJ, how you doing? Good. Thank you very much. Yeah. And so, by the way, did, did, is TJ something that, that people started calling you at K-State, or was that an AU fan for a while? And I think before coming to K State, I knew that this would be a problem, so that's why I started. <laughs> okay, I just said everyone called me TJ, and I walked behind this. Said that my name's TJ and not anything else. Sure, sure, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, well, first things first. I mean, congratulations uh, on the national title. Thank you very much. Yeah, obviously a great accomplishment. I know you know we've read that that Coach Revelto really expected you to win going in. What what were your expectations going into Eugene? a very good chance considering the fact that I jumped really well throughout the season because generally every year before this year I used to get injured at the big meets and then right before big meets I used to get injured in spite of the fact that I used to jump really hard throughout the year but then at the big meets I used to get injured but then going into this meet I felt really good and confident so I knew that I had a good chance. Okay what what kind of injuries did you have? Well before this meet last year 2017 year the whole year I had to Stay bedridden. I had to stay out of competition because of my back injury. So it was really, I mean, exciting that Coach Roberto decided to pick me up in the K State team, give me a call because 2017 I hadn't jumped one single one single competition except for like a couple of competitions. I hadn't done any competition, so it was really exciting that he decided to show faith in me and take me in the team as in this year proved an unknown. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So what was kind of the message you got from, from Coach and the staff, you know, going into the championship meet? I think the best part about Coach Roberto is that he, he doesn't let you know. He, he he shows confidence in you, but then he doesn't he makes sure he makes sure that he doesn't put any pressure on you. So going into the competition he just wanted me to do well and just express myself other than anything because he knew that if I was in my zone then I could do well, but then he never asked me. Do this, do that, but we can like to keep on this positive and healthy. So yeah, that's a good part about it. Yeah, cool. I mean, you made it kind of dramatic. You got to, you were going last, and you got to go on, on your last <laughs> jump. So you know what's going through your head as you watch all those other guys miss, and you know if you clear that bar, you win the national title. I think that that was a clutch jump because. There were, there were four guys like, in the competition and then it was training heavily, so there were four guys there. The height wasn't really high, but then I got to get to 24 many times throughout the season and that was like my average jump this year, so I'm pretty sure that I could get that, but it's just that the rain, the rain affected everyone and then there were four guys who, who had to clear that height to progress to the next height and then when three guys didn't do it on the three attempts, I had just one chance left, so... I had to make sure that I cleared that, otherwise I would have stuck in a jump form, and then that would have been another few more jumps. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that I was able to clear 224 on my last jump, 
with the help of the crowd, of course, because I mean, that was one magical moment for me in the historic cable field because all the people present were clapping for me and I could hear the clapping, you know, just ringing in my ears. So I felt really pumped up and then I just took off and then I was able to clear the bar and then I was just really excited and yeah. the rest was just history. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Were there a lot of K-State fans or just kind of, you know, just everybody wants to see somebody clear it? The best part about, about that and being that field is that if someone's doing really well, then everyone just irrespective of K-State mm-hmm. or any other college, they just show their support and that's what happens with team. Everyone irrespective shows their support and then that really helps me, propel me over the past. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And so, I mean, you talk about the rain, obviously, you know, it's coming down on you, it's going to put more weight on you, but you know, do you have to do anything differently when it's raining? Or? I think generally when it's raining, the ground is really wet, so there's less response from the ground, so you can't run the way you normally do, so you generally have to scoot a few bit forward so that you're able to grip the ground better, mm-hmm. but then I tried to do it, but then I still didn't do enough, so that's what happened, but then in the end, I mean, what really matters is like here at the bar, so yeah. I'm not thinking about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you had a, a pretty incredible season, capped it off with a title, but you know, it did some other cool stuff too. I mean, what for you, what was more special between winning the NCAA title or, or, or breaking you know, the national record in India? I think that's a really interesting question because breaking the national record has always been in my to-do list starting the day when I started to do house jump because I broke the national record first time in 2016 mm-hmm. um, when I was 17 years old and after that I broke it five times and this is probably my fifth time when I broke it mm-hmm. in love of this year. So I really hope my goals for this year was to break the national record and also jump to 30 and then the NBA title. So I probably didn't get one of my goals which I'm kind of upset about but then at the same time I was able to accomplish two of my other goals which was to break the national record and yeah. take my own national record and also to win the championship. Yeah. So I'm not really sad about it but then I'm extremely happy because I didn't get my third goal. Right. I guess I mean we'll talk about this later but you'll still have plenty of time to, to break some of other that other goal too, right? So yeah and so yeah we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, winning a national title and, and breaking that record, do you feel like you've inspired other potential high jumpers back in India? You know, what's your sense of, of how your accomplishment is playing over there? I think the first time when I jumped over 220 was, in, I think, in late 2015, 2016. So that's when I jumped over 220, and then that was probably the highest jump in a lot of years back home. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at 220 now, it's nothing but then back home it really mattered a lot because that was a big jump so I really thought if I can jump to 20 and 16 years old and why can't everyone jump and then the next year the following year there were four other guys who jumped over the 20 that year so that really excited me because I think I'm someone who really responsible in pressure so if I wanted to jump high back home then I needed needed someone to push me or you know the scare of getting beaten the scare of the fear of you know losing so I really need that to do well in competition so when there's a single-handed competition, like when I'm doing really well, I see that sometimes that's when I can actually collapse in the next time and someone can beat me. But then the competition where I have stiff competition, like stiff, like people competing against me, that's when I feel like I'm 
do my best, and that's why, like, now we're together, like, over 5,000 plus, 6,000 plus, we're jumping over 220 and 2 or 225 consistently. So, oh, wow. I feel that's really helped. So, I'm, I'm happy that I'm glad that I, I've been able to contribute something to my competitions, and well, I hope to do so more in the future. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, are you gonna be going home at all this summer, or do you have any plans to go back? I don't know. I mean, I, I just came off, I was in a, after Nationals, I took a two weeks break, and I was in Disneyland. Okay. So now I'm back, <laughs> and then now I, mean, I just want to start training again, get stronger this summer, so that I don't, even this year I had a few injury niggas, and I don't want that to affect next year, so I'm just making sure I can do rehab and you know, get that out of the way and get started first next year, next fall. Yeah, um, and then the other thing, of course, you got to do this year is you got to compete with I think a couple of teammates at, at, at the Commonwealth Games. What was that experience like? I think it's always great to be able to name, to be able to be named in the national team and represent your country. So the Commonwealth Games, of course, I feel that was one of the main experiences or one of the really learning experiences for me, which helped me do well at NPAs because I feel jumping there in front of I mean, first of all, I made the finals, which was really big for me, but then after that, jumping in front of 45,000 people was really <laughs> surreal. That was a great feeling, and then I feel that the same thing when it happened with UG, third was 45,000, but of course, there were 15,000 people, so jumping in front of them was really special, and I feel I was able to soak in the pressure better, because in common with being 50 little bit of footage, you can see my face that my face is like as if I've seen a ghost. It's just so scared. I'm just so scared of everything. So I think I've evolved in those months. I've evolved as a person. I've been more mature. So I think that's why I was able to do well in favorite field and not let the pressure get into my head. Yeah. So TJ, did uh, your winning the national championship register as big news back home in India? Or, is you know, I mean, it's not a country known for its sort of success in high jump. And so... Is this really helping build the sport? Did it make the headlines and things like that? Yeah, definitely, actually. It's only after reading from the newspaper that I got to know that after the third Indian to win a national title, American national title. So that, that really means a lot to me, being third Indian. So I'm like, a little upset that I'm not the first Indian. So hopefully, if I win four national titles, then I might be the first Indian to win four. So I'm excited about it. So I, I still have a couple more chances left. Five, six more opportunities left. But I think that that was really big. And yeah, I, I got a lot of phone calls from people back home. I got a lot of emails. So I'm really excited about it. So I replied to all of them because everyone is celebrating. So I feel really happy. Yeah. And when you say third uh, to win a national, do you mean is that in any event? Yeah, in any event. That's in mm-hmm. any event. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that's, I mean, to go from that, let, let's go back to, you know, how do you even get into high jumping in, in India, where it's it's not a huge thing, huh? you know, you said when you, as soon as you started, you wanted to break the national record, but when, when was that, that you guys started? So I started in 2014, I was in 8th grade back then, so, and we were just playing around, and then I was just running around in my school, and we had a new sports teacher in my school. So that, that was the first time, and he, he had an athletic background, he had a faculty background, so mm-hmm. he came up to me and he said that I, I, I was running fast, I was eighth grade and I could do well in faculty, and I thought, well, I don't know anything about faculty because for me life is cricket, and 
that's what I want to do and that's what my dad wants me to do, so I, I'm, I'm just going to play cricket. <laughs> and then he came up to me and he was like, no, even if you want to play cricket, whatever sport you want to play, track and field has to be, like, you know, you don't incorporate it in your training because that's the other part of, if you're not able to run, then how can you, like, put your ball or, you know, mm-hmm. do anything, run after the ball. So you have to be able to run, you have to be able to do basic stuff. Run, jump, throw, and that's what Tackle is all about. The basics just run, jump, throw. So he, he convinced me to start Tackle Field, and when I started running, I started training with him. But then, of course, my dad didn't like me doing it because he wanted me to do cricket and then, <laughs> of course, study. But then, Tackle Field was taking a lot of my time. And then I still started, and then he used to, I, I didn't put extra practices after school and before school, I just used to, you know, make sure that I get that training done during the recess time, during the lunch break, so that I didn't have to miss classes or miss cricket practice, but then slowly after doing this, I really liked, I started developing a liking for practice field and I started doing it, and then he took me to competitions, I registered competitions, national competitions, and then I think that's how I evolved as a person as an athlete, and I, I got really excited, and then one fine day I told my dad that, I don't want to do cricket, I just want to do track and field. He was mad at me, but then, like, after a few days, after a few months, he, he was okay with that. And, then, and that's how it started, and I okay. think I did well up to this point. Yeah, yeah. Were, were you a pretty good cricket player? Yeah. Yeah, I was a good fast bowler. That's a fast bowler is a pitcher. Okay. So I was a good pitcher in cricket, but then, probably, cricket is still my first ball, so probably after I'm done, I'll jump in, and when I go back to my career, I'll probably start playing cricket again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite cricket player? My favorite cricket player is Virat Kohli. He's the national captain, okay. and he's a young cricketer, and he's broken all the records. And I probably want to be like him in my sport, a youngster trying to break all the records. And if not, then probably go back to cricket as well as an old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean. Yeah, so that, that like two years after you started, you went and you you won at the right at the World School Games and the, and the Commonwealth Youth Games. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, that I, was I, 2015. That, that was a really interesting year because yeah. the year before that, 2014, I jumped like one meter and ninety. That that took me like a little over six feet. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, I just jumped seven feet, and then I just <laughs> went on, keep, kept on jumping seven feet in all the school competitions and. You know, the age group under 18 competition, so that was a big boost for me in one year, just putting on a few pillow jumps. That's really exciting. And then I think that was probably because that, that was the first year I started to do structured training. That was the first time I lifted weight. Mm-hmm. So that's when I knew that lifting weight really helped me. And then, though my coach really took it easy because I was still a young star, just to match weight and weight and lifting heavy weights. I mean, that's hard, otherwise, you would have a young age when you start. But then I just started started doing it slowly and steadily and I could see the improvements and then after that the following year I just started lifting heavy weight. But then twenty fifteen excuse me, twenty fifteen was exciting because that was the year when I when I won a bronze medal in the Asian Championships, Asian Youth Championships. Then the following month I won the gold medal in World School Games in China. The following month I won the Commonwealth Youth Games in um, or Apia, Samoa, so that, that was exciting, that was a good year for me, I feel, and that just laid the 
founding stone for the next years and then the next year in 2016 i broke the national record jump to 26 so that was exciting yeah very cool from there then um you know once you're you're getting well first of all i mean i, I bet you're uh once you started jumping seven feet your dad was probably uh agreed you made the right decision <laughs> i mean by that time the first time i jumped seven feet he wasn't there to see it because he passed away oh, a few months that. before that so okay. in 2016 when i sorry in 2015 when i actually started jumping high and that that was the first time i got to represent my country at the World Youth Championships and the Asian Youth Championships. So the under eighteen championships. That that's when I was I got a chance to wear my country colors. But then my dad wasn't there to see that. So that I would always be a regret because he never saw me jump really high or you know make a name for myself. But then I'm I'm sure he's seeing it from above at least. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. I mean, does that you kind of use that as as inspiration? You know. I think definitely. Because before I before twenty fifteen it was always resistance from him, but then after that, probably the last meet he saw me jump, he was like, "Okay, well, do whatever you like to do with life," and you know he just gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do, so I really respect that. And then that just kept on adding to my jumping, the freedom, just the free expressing myself, and then I feel after that I just. Stuck. It just stuck to me, and then every time I jump or every time I finish a competition, I just think about him. I just think about everything he's taught me. Think about all the good things in life, and then just call it a day. Yeah, very cool. You know, then from there, I mean, I'm sure you you got some. You know, people started paying attention. You know, how did how did K State find you, or did, did you know anything about them before? I think in 2015, when I was preparing for the World Junior Championships. Sorry, yeah, the, the world in 2016 when I was preparing for the World Junior Championships as under 20, that's when I was training with Jamie Nieto, he's an Olympic high jumper who was training with Coach Rovento, okay. and then I was training with him in uh, LA, and that's when when I was training with him, he told me that, hey, are you thinking about going to college? Because I was in 11th grade back then, and he was like, hey, are you thinking about going to college? I said. Yes, of course. And he said, are you thinking about a college in USA? I said, well, I don't know. And then he asked me if I, if I want to continue high jumping. And then I said, of course. And that's when he told me that Coach Rovento is one of the best high jump coaches in the country. And then I said, oh, I know about him. He's one of the best in the world. And then he's like, yeah. And then he told me that he coached in Kansas State. And if you want, we can talk to him. And he probably called Coach Rovento then. But then I don't remember. And I think... I was in 11th grade, so he couldn't recruit me back then. But after that, two years later, I just remembered about Coach Roberto, and I, I wrote an email to him requesting him to, what do you say, recruit me. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, I didn't hear from him for a month, and I, I thought that, oh, well, I don't know, probably my dreams of going to USA are done, and I'd probably stay here and train. But then suddenly, the next day, he gave me an email, and he said, yes, we need a high jumper, and are you interested? And I said, of course, yes, and that was end of... June, probably uh, middle June, that was end of June, and then August I was here, in just one month I decided that I'd go to US, and I didn't even know which college, and I came to K-State, I didn't yeah. have an official tour, I didn't have anything, but then I knew that if Coach Retta was here, I had to go here, and I just came to K-State, and then yeah. the year has been really good for me. Yeah, did you have other offers, were there other schools that reached out to you? I had some offers from other schools, but then deep down I just wanted to go to K-State, because of Coach Roberto, right. and then actually that decision just proved good for me. Right. 
And then, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with the history at, at K-State. you got the five national champions, Nathan Leeper, Scott Sellers, Eric Kennard, Christoph Bryan, and then Chris Gaskins won the indoor. Also, even on the women's side, Kim Williamson, Rita Graves have won national titles. You know, how much did that influence your decision? Definitely. That was another reason, because after Coach Velto replied to my email, Eric Kennard gave me a call, and I was really excited. And the phone call was like, hey, I'm Eric. I said, who's Eric? He said, Eric Kennard. And I was really shocked. I just got <laughs> in my car, and I just replied to it. I was really excited. I couldn't speak because, you know, he's like Olympic champion and right. a great player. And then suddenly he gave me a call. And out of nowhere, I was just going back, driving from my gym back to my house. And I hear Eric Kennard on the phone, and I just stopped my car on the shoulder of the road and just, you know, picked the call up. So that was an exciting moment for me, and then that that was like the this is it factor for me, and then I just packed my bags the next day, and I was like, yes, I'm going to K State. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you you kind of traveled around the the world in different events. I think you said you'd been to America before. Did that make the transition easier when you came to K State? What, what was that like? My aunt lives in California, so I've been there many times. But then I feel the ghosts like the, the West Coast and the East Coast, that's not really reflective of what America is until you just come into the heart of the country. Mm-hmm. So I feel there were some challenges, language barriers, you know, food, I don't eat meat or any sort of, I just eat vegetarian food, so finding vegetarian food here was close to impossible because yeah. even like <laughs> chicken is considered vegetarian. Everyone's like, oh, not even chicken? <laughs> so that was really hard for me in the beginning and then I think I was able to I started eating fish and then now it's okay for me to find fish at least, otherwise I'd just starve. But <laughs> I think that was one transition, the language, and then the best part about K-State, I feel, is that the diversity is really, um, really good and everyone respects each other's culture and everything. So that really helped me in the first few months when I got here and then the fact that there are so many international students in the track team or the other athletics team. So... I think that also helped me, and then there's so many international people, different cultures, different diversities, so right. we had a good bonding with each other. Right, yeah, I know, when I was in Manhattan, I, I spent a summer there, and I'd go play <laughs> soccer, and I think I was the only white kid playing most nights, <laughs> <laughs> all the international players, it was, it was fun. Yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, but you mentioned your, your English, obviously, it's pretty good now, um, you know, how was it when you first came over? When I first came over... Like, now I'm having a phone conversation with you, but then when I came over, I could never talk to anyone on phone, especially, like, an American or anyone other than an Indian on a phone, because I, I used to lip-read, and that's how I used to understand what the other person's trying to say, mm-hmm. because the accent is different, and, you know, they talk really fast, so I had to lip-read, even in classes, I had to lip-read what the professor is trying to say, but then after that, slowly, when I got a hang of the accent, got a hang of what they're trying to say, the slangs, you know, hanging out and all that. I, I thought hanging out was just, you hang your clothes out, you don't hang out with people. So <laughs> these are some of the challenges I had. But then after that, I, I I got an understanding of what they're trying to say and I was able to overcome it. Were there any other Indian students or even staff or anything who kind of helped you with that? I feel that we have an international student center, so that was really helpful with them. I mean, Indians are everywhere in the world, so yeah. <laughs> there, there are right. a few Indian students here who I'm friends with, and that, that helps me sometimes when I really feel like talking in my language, and then, mm-hmm. of course, like FaceTime and all these things that really made everything pretty easy, because back then there was just writing 
letters and sending it home, posting it home, but then now there's FaceTime and everything, so you can just call anyone any second you want. Yeah. Yeah, so I went to K-State a long, long time ago, and as a, a fellow Indian student, it was kind of difficult. There was no Indian, there was no Indian food in Manhattan, Kansas. There were very few Indians, and if you found someone who spoke the same language, you just kind of like blobbed onto them because <laughs> we're so homesick. And I'm glad that it's so different now with the internet and social media and all that. So exactly. you're having a much better time than I did, I think. <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing what we can do with the internet, you know, so. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what do you think of Manhattan overall, you know, now that you've kind of had a year to, to get acclimated? I think it's it's okay. The weather was, I was shocked, especially because I've never seen snow, and then the year <laughs> I came last, summer, last, last winter was really cold, and for me it was really, really cold, and then there was snow everywhere. But in the summers I'm used to because like even back home it's always 100 degrees and that's what it is here. So I was used to the summer but then the winter was a shock. So I had to buy a lot of winter clothes and <laughs> stock them up. But then other than that I feel it's really easy. I mean it's hard to stay in Manhattan especially like this decision of mine to stay here this summer is really hard I feel. Because like I thought it'd be easy, there'd be people, there'd be something happening, but then there's no one literally. <laughs> so, but then it's okay because I feel that this is one of the really good environments where you can just, you know, concentrate on what you've come here to do and just, you know, focus. But then at some point you need something other than that to, you know, just get your mind off it. But that's when I feel there's nothing to do. But when school starts, when everyone comes back, a lot of people, a lot of friends, then I think life will be easier. Yeah, even even Coach Kennard left you to go take second at the USA Track and Field Championships, right? Yeah, he went to USA Track and Field Championships, and I think he did really, really well there. Yeah. yeah. And after that, I don't know if he's going to compete anymore this year, but I think he said that he's going to come here back to K-State in a couple of months. Okay. Just to stay and train here with Coach Rento. Because he moved out of K State now, and I think he went back to his hometown. Okay. So he just shuttles back and forth. Okay. Well, you know, you think it's cold in Kansas? Just don't don't do what Double Zero did. She moved to Minnesota, so <laughs> cold up there. Never in my life. <laughs> well, you know, what are your goals, kind of, for the future at, at K State? You know, I know you mentioned that you'd like to be a four-time champion. You know, what else are you, are you looking at? I think my goal coming in was definitely to win the national championship. But then now that I've done that once, I just want to do it again and as many times as I can. Because I, my first national championships, I had to miss it. Because I already qualified for the indoor championships this year. I was ranked third, joined third in the indoors. But then because I had to go back home for the Commonwealth Games trials. That's why I had to miss the championship and I couldn't compete in the indoor and that was my first chance of becoming All-American, becoming a national champion, but then I missed that. So the second time was the outdoor championships and that's when I really wanted to do it and then I was lucky enough to get that done. Mm -hmm. But then I feel every day is not your day. So for the following years, I really have to make sure that I'm in top shape and you know, make sure there's no excuse of rain or anything. So I just have to be in top shape, make sure that I'm out of injuries, just work hard and probably get that done and probably be a back-to-back champion or even two, three times, I don't know. But for now, I think my goal is to just stay healthy and 
make sure that I prepare well for the next season so that I can do well in next year. Yeah. And then, you know, we're not too far away from the, the Summer Olympics. I was kind of looking around, and I'm sure you probably know this. I think I saw nobody from India has ever finished better than 14th in the high jump. And also, your personal best, I think, would have tied for 7th in Rio. So is that something that, that you're looking at as a goal to get to the Summer Olympics? I don't know if anyone from India has ever qualified for the high jump okay. in the Olympic Games after after the qualification standards came up. Mm-hmm. But... I feel that's that's any athlete, any track and field athlete, or any athlete in any sport. Everyone dreams of going to the Olympics one day, and that's my goal too. I want to do that too. But I feel that's that's a long term goal that's in the horizon. But yeah. I feel today it's all about making sure that I tick all the boxes, I check all the boxes, and then that one of them is to just stay healthy. The other one is probably the World Championships coming up next year in October. So I probably want to do well in that competition too. So. There's a lot of stepping stones before the Olympic Games, so I feel yeah. if I can step on each one of them, then I'll probably be in good shape when I get to the Olympics. Yeah, and so, I mean, obviously, you're at your level. It's kind of just the little things. It's got to be tough to find little things you can improve on, but, you know, what do you feel like, um, what can you do to, to get even better? I think that's why I'm here. Coach Roberto has a lot of experience, I'd say, and he, he's the best person to just, you know, seek advice or just learn stuff so I feel if I can just stick around here and not let my mind just wander away because I'm in Manhattan then I'd be fine mm-hmm. but other than that I feel it's just sticking to the basics and it's nothing complicated I just have to do what I did throughout the year or throughout the past years to just make sure that I can do well in the coming years yeah and what about I mean do you think about the, the K-State record you know is that is that a goal on your list the K-State record 237 I feel if I can jump that in a big competition that I'd probably win that competition, even if I can jump 237, because the K-State record's 237, and the winning jump in Rio was 238, so it's just one centimeter off, so yeah, yeah. that shows how extraordinary the K-State record is, how extraordinary Eric Knott's record is, so that that's definitely a goal for me by the end of four years, but then the sooner I can get that, that just proves that I, if I can get that early, then I can really jump high in the following years. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's probably about time to, to wrap this up. I wanted to ask you, though, real quick. I know if I had the ability to jump really high, one thing I would do is I'd go to the basketball court and be dunking all the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, do you think anybody on the K-State basketball team could beat you in a dunk contest, or how would you fare on that? I don't really know about much about other sports other okay. than like track and field. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd probably compete with anyone if it's a dunk challenge uh-huh yeah do you ever go, i mean go to the gym and play basketball or anything like that that's the only thing i know that's i just know how to dunk a basketball <laughs> i don't know how to shoot or anything i just go out there take the mm-hmm. ball and dunk it and then just try to be cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go okay well yeah i think that's about all tj thank you so much for joining us um you know we look forward to, to watching you achieve more success in the future so thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks. So, no